It is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. If you are new, this is a podcast where we have an out loud version of A Quiet Time. So mm-hmm. we're going through, I'm Carter. Um, I, I'm, I'm a guy. I have a wife and a child and a dog. That's pretty much all there is to know about me. Rochelle, tell us about you. You sound like every statistic, like if you're selling I'm, insurance. I have 2.5 kids. <laughs> I have, okay, so here you go. I love smoking brisket. I love Thank the you. barbecue, uh, the the art of it. The, you made your life sound uncomplicated. I, no, this is complicated. Smoking meat complicated. Is, is complicated. Oh. What, now, what about you? You you have two boys. I have two boys. Yeah. I have a can I say mixed marriage? Is that a weird way to say it? A mixed marriage. So like I, yeah. my culture of Irish and mutt American. And mutt. That's what I call it. That's it's probably like a derogatory, but you can say it. You can say it's it. It's a little bit of Euro yeah. everything in there. But okay. my mom was mostly Irish. And then my my husband, both of his parents immigrated, became citizens from Mexico. Okay. So yeah. we clearly know his background. Yeah. Yeah. So there's it's like we're when teaching our children. So grandma, we know, is super Irish. Grandpa. We're still, we're still out to lunch on. We I'm don't not, know. Not entirely certain. And then there's your dad's side. <laughs> and then, and then, and then we know. And we know. But you know what? That's the American dream, right there, my friend. Uh, so this is us. We just, uh, it's been a year and a half or so, maybe coming up on two years of doing this podcast. And mm-hmm. we're through HopeOnDemand.com, a great website with a great, uh, great resources of articles for encouragement, videos from Christian artists, uh, and then obviously our podcast with some other ones there too. And then maybe you found it through however you get your podcast anyway. Uh, but Rochelle, you are going through the year in the Bible. Uh, yes. The Bible in a year. And there's a lot of different ones. In fact, there are Bibles out there that have it in the back of the Bible. It's like, hey, if you've ever tried to read it in a year. So if you're interested in that, mm-hmm. you could go online and there are different programs you can go through. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I read it in a day, but it's a big deal. Oh, I read all wow. of it in a day. Mm-hmm. I read all of it every day. You're one of those mm-hmm. speed readers. I yeah. remember uh, back in the 80s, I think they sold a, like a program. And I'm not making this up. I, I'm pretty sure this is real. There was a program you could buy it super late at night on an infomercial. Teaching you how to speed read. You just get the gist. You just, Really? I want to say I'm not making that up. Well, no, I, maybe you are, maybe you're not, but oh. I would I would believe it. And I'm totally kidding, by the way. <laughs> I have not read the Bible. I think there are certain parts of the Bible that I have not read at all, mm-hmm. actually. there's there's I think that's a lot of people you kind of skip over. So this is a good advantage for you to know, well, at least read through every part of the Bible, even some of those obscure places. Yeah, I think the, the more boring you find it to be— mm-hmm. I don't know. Make that a challenge in your life is why is this interesting? Why is this relevant? Why yeah. does this matter to me? All of the genealogies. Genealogies are quite fascinating because when you see who everyone is linked to, it suddenly makes a lot of stuff clear. Um, yeah. I, Especially even the path from David to Jesus. For yeah. one. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so how do we know he was from the line of David? Somebody didn't think it was boring and wrote it down. That's true. Well, and, and you, that, the argument would be the Holy Spirit. Thought it wasn't boring and wrote it down. So. Yeah, and a lot of this, you know, um, being narrative, it it can be quite fascinating. And if, if there are parts of it that do make you go, hmm, this almost bothers me a little bit. Yeah, especially from my understanding of, uh, you know, we are, and I've said this before, we live in a Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our culture is very different. So when we read what happened in Bible days, specifically Old Testament times, even. And saying, oh, that feels harsh. It was harsh. It was blunt. It was different mm-hmm. than what we live in. And I know one thing that you mentioned to me, I think the day after you read this, you you came to me and said, uh, I was having a lot of trouble with the she bears 
of of Elijah. Yeah. What what is that all about? So uh-huh. I read into that. But I want to get first. Let's go back to Elijah. Yes. Elijah and Elisha. Who came first? We've done this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We had a Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan, Kenobi type of situation. Yes. And I'm going to say, Obi-Wan? I'm going to say, Elisha was first. It was Elijah. Ah, I always well, get J it wrong. comes before S in the alphabet. So J. Okay, I'll remember you. that. I'll remember okay. that. Yeah, I will. Uh, in two years, I'll remember that. Obviously, the Star Wars thing fell flat. That didn't help. Well, you. I know, but I know that Elijah <laughs> was the uh, the the mentor. Yeah. And then you have now Elisha, and Elisha was going to become more wanted to become more powerful Very than good. than Elijah. Well, you know clearly the story. Yeah. Well, I know Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> See, there you go. So Elijah, uh, there is this epic. Oh, it's such an incredible account. It's almost like if you were going to make a comedy out of a Bible story, I think you could go with this one. It it would be a dark comedy. A dark comedy. Okay, yes. Because uh, there's a lot of blood in it. But um, Elijah is a prophet. He hears from God and he is living on the northern part of what we now know as modern day Israel, I guess you you could say. So, I mean, the boundaries are going to be different from the Old Testament map to what we see today. But yeah. Stick with me. So Judah is southern and the kings of Judah are from the line of David. But everybody else, eventually it goes to like, I mean, it's people killing people so that they can become king. And then so-and-so conspired with this person to kill the king. And then a day later, he was killed. I mean, it, some of that well, takes and place. I know we've talked about how people will criticize the Old Testament because you see God is just hateful and approving of all. This is just what was going on, period. Yeah. Like the, a lot of what you read in the Old Testament, it was just happening. And it was not, it wasn't saying the t- to encourage us to do it. Oh, no, no, because it was not ordained by God. These right. people, it, it, even in First Kings and Second Kings, when you're reading through the different the guys who are sitting on the throne of Israel. So there's Judah and Israel, right? So in Israel, a lot of those guys, they're totally idol worshiper people. Now, they'll they'll worship, they'll quote unquote worship God alongside all of the idol stuff. Mm. But we're talking children's sacrifice was not below them. Some of them, you know, and it would say at the very beginning of each passage where you learn about a different king, whether or not this was a good guy or a bad guy. Okay, it'll, it'll preface it by saying so and so was a king this many years. Some some of them, it felt like days, <laughs> just one year. And this guy, 52 years or whatever. It's kind of it sounds like the resume thing, how my dad worked in HR. Yeah. And so like if somebody calls you about, hey, so and so used to work for you and they've applied here. What can you tell me about them? And if they're good, you're like, oh, great worker and blah, 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 exactly. blah, 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 blah. And if they're bad, you go, yep, they worked for me <laughs> for, for three months from this date to this date. Anything else? Yeah. No, I get the picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, in Western culture, maybe we would hold back out of politeness mm-hmm. from going into detail as to why they were not good. Well, mm-hmm. the Bible does not do that. It's like, this is why this guy was bad. Yeah. And we know he was good or we know the whether they were bad. And Ahab comes along. And he's one of the kings. He's really bad. He's bad. And it'll tell you right up there. And he led people into sin just like so-and-so did. But I digress. You may remember him and his wife, Jezebel. There's a name that we know in our yep. in civilization. Because if you a woman is up to no good, she may be deemed a Jezebel or whatever. Right. So she, there was actually a lady named Jezebel. And she helped lead Ahab totally into more idolatry worship. And they were really into Baal. Hmm. Um, and that's the way we're going to pronounce it because I know that there's, you know, proper ways yeah. of pronouncing it. Baal? 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 Yeah. Baal? Well, it's, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But it was Baal. B-A-A-L. 
And uh, yeah, she had priests for this guy. I don't know why I'm calling him a guy. He wasn't a guy. He was an idol. And here again, we're just exasperated by how could they be led astray again? Mm -hmm. Finally, it seems like every once in a while, a good guy will pop up in there. In Judah, you know, a good guy will pop up in there. Um, Hezekiah is one that comes to mind, or Asa is another one that comes to mind. And then all of a sudden, it's like their kid turns around and does the worst ever. What happened? Did Did it not trickle down? Anyway, Ahab and Jezebel are super bad. They've got all these prophets for Baal, and apparently there's like 450 of them. And one day Elijah's just had it, and he challenges him to like a duel. And they go up to this place, which sounds delicious, Mount Carmel. But you shouldn't think delicious when you think Mount Carmel. Okay, because I'm trying not to, but... It's it's different spelling, so if that helps you. But there's going to be a lot of blood on Mount Carmel, okay? And Elijah's like, all right, I'll tell you what, guys. Tell you what. Let's do this little thing where we each have an altar. Oh, yes. Your God's real. Then let him burn up the sacrifice on your altar. Just call out to Baal. And then if my God's real, he's going to do the same thing. Or, you know, we're going to find out who's is, who's is real. Yeah. Is basically how this goes down. And so the prophets of Baal are like, all right. And they chop up this bull. They put him on the altar. And they spend the better part of a day. I mean, and they this would be the custom. They would cut themselves. And that's how they worshiped. Can you imagine that? Mm. That's intense. Yeah. Cutting themselves and, you know, letting themselves bleed. And, oh, bail. Whatever they did. Singing, dancing. And then Elijah starts taunting them. Because <laughs> Elijah's not going to cut up the bull and put his on the altar just yet. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. He is all about the dramatic. And in fact, I think most prophets we see are very dramatic. There's always these great presentations when they come and share God's word to people. And so Elijah, of course, he's going to milk this a little bit. Why not? Uh, so he's like taunting him and say, Hey, maybe you need to call louder. Maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he's on vacation. He can't hear you. And so that must've ticked them off so much. And they, they start wailing louder. You know, it had, and then the oh, king and queen mad. And then Elijah's like, I'm gonna get mine extra wet. <laughs> exactly. So he builds his altar and then he builds like a, a small trench around the altar and then he tells the guys around him, all right, just throw tons of water on this. I say tons. It's, I'm not being literal. Or gallons and gallons of water. And so it's drenched. Does wed what get lit very well? No. 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 Very hard to, especially you know about it, grill master. That's you know, exactly right. So what happens? He said, God, would you show people? Would you show them that you're real? I mean, not only... Does the fire come down from heaven and light up everything on that altar and take it out? It laps up the water around it. It kills the guys who were around it. It it's it, it was intense. Yeah. It was dramatic. And then Elijah takes that moment to say, I'm going to take all these guys out. And he slaughters all 450 with the help of the Israelites that he calls out to and says, if any of you believe. Well, after a sight like that, it's really sad. It's one of the things that Jesus says to Thomas later. When, when he appears to them after the re- resurrection, he's mm-hmm. like, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. And they saw. Well, they had to see. I don't think they would have believed otherwise. They were just so entrenched in lies and deceit. You, you honestly. And probably fear, you know. Yeah, well, sure. Because the king and the queen are saying, you got to do this. Honestly, if I saw something like that and I was on their side, I, well, I would have bailed. <laughs> I couldn't resist. See, there's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. It's a dark comedy. That's exactly right. Just saying. But then Elijah does this thing where he, um, like, he's got adrenaline bursting through him. 
And he even like at one point like outruns a chariot. And uh, after that, though, what happens after you have a real big adrenaline moment, a real high high? Usually you kind of come off that moment and you're tired and you go down into the depths. And he was in not a good position. He's not a good place. Um, at one point, he's crying out to God and asking him to show himself later on in, in the narrative of Elijah's life. And and I love this passage and I, I needed further understanding. I was like, why does this matter so much? When he asks God on the same mountain that Moses sees God, he asks God on Sinai, please show me yourself. And God has shown up in an earthquake. He has shown up in windstorms. He's shown up in all these big, big events. But it says when Elijah saw all of these types of natural events, natural disaster events, it said after each one of them took place, but God was not in those things. But he had shown up before in those things. But there was this soft, gentle whisper, and it says, God was in that. And I think it was this sweet way of sharing with us that God is not, he just, one label doesn't, he's not a one size fits all kind of a thing. It's not like what you see is what you get. He is indescribable. Yeah. He is infinite. And he will show up however he wants to show up in however way he wants to show up. It is not always going to be with lightning bolts. It could be a gentle whisper. And I, I love that image. Um, and then Elisha comes along and you're absolutely right. He wants the double portion of Elijah's uh, abilities. Um, they share it in these books, um, which, by the way, Kings is one big book, but it got chopped up because I think for the length purposes of the scroll, much like Samuel was all one book. They oh, okay. made it first and second. Make it easier, I guess, uh, to digest, <laughs> especially when you read the content of first and second Kings. Oh, I'm glad they chopped this up. That's a lot. They should have uh, chopped judges up. Um, oh, well, honestly, maybe well, we shouldn't use the phrase chopped, chopped up, up in with referencing no, to judges. No kidding. Yeah. But Elisha um, watches Elijah do the incredible things, obviously. And this is his mentor. This is his Obi-Wan, right? Um, but Elijah and Elisha, they both, it says, go down to Bethel at one point. And we know that Elijah is about to pass away. And Elisha's like, well, I'm going with you. And he tells them a couple of times as they hit these landmark cities where you know they're where they are geographically because they're hitting these landmark cities. So if you saw them on a map, you're like, oh, okay, I kind of know where they are. But then it says they go down to Bethel. Geographically where they're at, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So that's very important. Remember that. So anyway, get to the Jordan River and... That's that. This is where once again, Elijah's like, you should just stay, just stay. <laughs> if I was Elijah at this point, it's like, dude, I told you I'm going with you. If you say this one more time, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get mad. But he didn't. And they cross the Jordan in a really great way. Um, Elijah just takes off his jacket and hits the water with it, which I'm like, that's amazing. That's it. That's it. And they cross on dry riverbed. We'll get across and. Elisha says, I would like to have double. Double scoop me, okay? I've asked that question before. Give me a double scoop? Yeah. I mean, if you can have a single scoop, that's great. But what if you could have double? That's a big request, too. Um, because that means that means double responsibility, I think. Hmm. But we've read these incredible accounts of Elijah. Um, and he's asking for double now. And Elijah says, you know what, Elisha? If you see how I leave this planet, then it'll be so. I'm not sure if God's going to be all about it, but if he allows you to see what takes place, 
been all right. And he does. He sees Elijah. It's like a chariot. That's how it's described is this fiery looking chariot. And it takes him up in this whirlwind. I mean, again, this is a person who is describing something that CGI would have trouble trying to reproduce because we don't even really know. Mm. So they're just speaking as to this is what it appears to be. This chariot takes Elijah up. And when Elisha takes this cloak, this mantle, which would have been, this is like very significant, the mantle, the passing along of a mantle. Even today we see this in culture, right? Um, this is now my 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 prodigy um, taking along my mantle. Well, he hits the water. The other guys who had kind of followed along and watched Elijah and Elisha, prophets of the Lord, they see Elisha take this coat, this mantle, hit the river, does the same thing that Elijah had done. Right. It, it parts the water and he walks across and they're like, well, where's Elijah? And he's like, he's gone. And they're like, eh, are you sure? He's like, I'm sure he's going to get taken up. And I mean, wouldn't you, I mean, taken up, you know, that hadn't happened like ever. So they weren't believing it, you know, but they also had just seen a river part twice with a coat. True. And you know, rivers, we're not talking a puddle. Where the guy puts the coat over the puddle so the lady can walk across it. This is a river. Yeah. So, yeah, at this point, they're like, I don't know. So they they go over. They can't find his body. They're like, I think you're right. Really? Interesting. Interesting. But Elisha now has the double portion because that's what Elijah said would happen. And he goes, quote, <laughs> down to Bethel. So he has two infinity stones at this point? two infinity stones. <laughs> What's really neat is the things that you read about Elijah, you do have double the stories from Elisha in the book. And I think that's fascinating. So it's like, here's just some examples. I'm sure there were more things that Elijah did, but there were seven different accounts, I think it is. And then there were 14 accounts of what Elisha sees take place. But one of the main things that happens right off the bat is Elisha encounters these boys, it says in scripture, and uh, they start making fun of him, call him baldy. Yeah. That's painful. Because he had a bald head. That's painful. We're not sure if he did that for, sometimes people shave their head. Maybe he naturally was bald. But I know, Carter, you have bald head. So this was one I, of your I have bald things. head? Yeah. You have yeah. bald head. Okay. So this well, was, I didn't know we were just going to flat out say it like that. I'm just going to flat out say it because okay. you, have t- you have joyfully told me the account of the Elisha story saying those boys deserve what happened. Well, you don't call somebody bald. Now, I will say, I want to make an exception, okay? Oh, okay. I want to okay. make an exception. If he was shaving his head, well, then I, I, I'm I, not on his side near as much, okay? If you got it, <laughs> flaunt it. That's what I say. Don't try so, Don't sit here and be bald when you got it. It's one of those things, though, if you're troubled by a story that you read, you're like, it's got to be more. There's been some pretty intense work. Actually, a doctor from Baylor University shared this beautiful work, and I, I, I found it on YouTube delivered by another doctor. And he's like, by the way, you can't find what this guy wrote. I could email it to you, but you can't find it. So let me just read it to you and paraphrase. And this is what it said. And it made me think of things. That I'm like, this makes sense. And it, it, it's exciting because now it's not just a story about, let me finish. When the kids call him Baldy Baldy, what happens? These two bears, she bears, it says, come out of the forested area or whatever and attack 42 kids, maul them and then leave. And I, because Elisha is like, he, he's the one who just cursed them. Mm-hmm. So you're like, wow. So he caused this to happen. It feels like the story you shouldn't tell right. people when they're dealing with bullies. 
You know, it's, it's definitely not the story that people tell. Maybe you haven't heard it because we, the first time you're at church, that one's not getting told. Oh, no. Generally. And it's what is that even? So remember what I told you about geographically, it's impossible from where they were to go up to Bethel. Mm-hmm. Or what did I say? You down said to down Bethel. to okay, Bethel. To yeah. Down to Bethel. That's right. Down to Bethel. Down to Bethel. Bethel was one of two locations. The other one was Dan. These places where they had erected some kind of golden calf for idol worship. So these two cities were hubs for a lot of traffic, like people coming in and out. They wanted to, you know, pay their respects, if you will, to these idols instead of the true God. Mm. So now if you could just translate that into what it would look like for you as a follower of Yahweh, would you be going up to Bethel or would you be going down? Oh, I see. Do you see what I'm saying? Like morally. Morally. And so it also talks about the number 42 is very significant in terms of when God is not happy. That number pops up and, uh, you know, something good's not going to happen. That follows the number 42 or 42 boys. Well, were they boys? That was something else that was brought into question. Well, it says boys. Yes, but it's the same word that could be used for any any child from infant stage on through being a solid young man warrior. Hmm. So, for instance, Saul, who was a foot taller than everybody else, is referred to at one point by this same wording that was used for these young men. Interesting. Uh, Solomon calls himself by this word when he's saying, I don't have what I need to rule this kingdom. Lord, will you give me wisdom? He calls himself a, quote, child. It's the same word that's used for uh, talking about this young man named David who kills Goliath. We always picture him as a child. He's not a child when he kills Goliath because he's clearly killed a bear and a lion and he... He can deal. Yeah. He's a warrior. He's a, he's a young man that you would have sent off to. I mean, what, you have to be 18 years of age to fight for your country here. Um, so the point being, these young men would have been potentially apostate type of prophets in training. Apostate, they would have been the bad prophets, the prophets that would have been all about, hey, remember the golden calf over here in Bethel or in the city of Dan? Mm. They would have been... On the wrong, they would have been on the dark side. Yeah. Let's go back to that analogy. They, uh, yeah, so this is where um, there is clearly the potential for these to be not young boys, but young men in training for the wrong side. And they were taunting Elisha, which equaled to taunting God Mm. and saying, come on, you're so good. And then they kept saying, go up, go up, Baldy. Go up, Baldy. Basically saying, all right, we're going down to Bethel was the wording that was used. And now they're telling him, go up to Bethel. Come on. Come on over the dark side. Do you see what I'm saying here? Wow. Yeah. So suddenly it's like, oh, so when he's saying no, and he curses them in the name of the Lord God. And then these, now the word mauling doesn't necessarily mean that they were all murdered. They could have just gotten real hurt. Hmm. But uh, the bears came out and said, yeah, don't taunt me. I thought that was fascinating. It gives you just clarity in something that f- for forever has like been, uh, oh, gosh, we just don't talk about that one, you know? Right. But there may have been a very, and it seems like many scholars are like, this makes sense from what we know about Jewish wording, what we know about the the area what has been deemed as cosmic geography as opposed to actual geographically, this doesn't make sense. If they go down to Bethel, it wouldn't be down to Bethel. Well, morally it would. Yeah. 
that is very fascinating. And, uh, and one thing I'll just add to this um, is that uh, when kind of from an apologetic standpoint is where I've been lately. And when you just learn things, then you then you have the answer. So when people make these broad sweeping statements, like I referenced earlier, the Old Testament is just mean and God's a murderer and, you know, all these things. <laughs> yeah, right. You right. know, there's only one or two times that it happens where God literally says, you know, go into the I think it's the land of Canaan and wipe the people out. Don't hmm. let anybody live. And you're you're like, and I'm I'm like, you know, me as a Christian, even going, that ah, oof, I don't like that. Um, yeah. And then you hear more of the, like the actual history of what's happening. And this is pretty graphic. I just just FYI, especially if you got little ears around, because the bears wasn't bad enough. The bears wasn't bad enough. The bears, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Gentle Ben was a terrible, <laughs> terrible show. <laughs> hey kids, bears, bears are friendly. Are Go up to them. Oh. Um. So, uh, what these people were doing. With child sacrifice, mm. we we may have mentioned that, but I heard this the other day from a pastor. I had, yes, I, I want to put a disclaimer on this too. He's not kidding. This is I'm this not is kidding. hard to hear. I had no idea the 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 depths of this. So, what they would do is they had this big statue and its hands were out. And what they would do, they would and this statue must have been you know metal or some something like that. And they would put a big fire under the hands, and so you know you have a statue's hands that are really big, like you could sit in something like that. And these hands get real piping hot and they would throw their children as a sacrifice on the hands mm -hmm. and they would burn to death on these statue, statue like metal hands. When you think about these people, are you thinking about the Israelite people? Are you thinking about, you know, the people from Judah and Israel? You should be because they were allowing the waste from the countries around them mm. to impact their culture. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, I mean, it really does speak to today. Relate that to our world today if we're not careful. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus said to be in the world, not of it. And mm -hmm. there's a difference. He wants us to be in positions of being able to open the door and let's let's fellowship and have dinner with people who need to hear about me because I, I'm here to heal the right. sick, right? So don't close yourself to opportunities and live in a sheltered bubble. That's not going to help people. Yeah. But at the same time, when you start to allow what you know the word of God says mm -hmm. to change or you're like you're editing it. It's not your job to edit scripture. It's mm -hmm. your job to read it and say, Lord, I want to glean from this what your spirit is leading me to do. And it's 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 uh, sometimes it can feel difficult in terms of balancing all of that out because you feel the heart and compassion of Jesus, especially for those who are lost. And you're like, yeah. I, I don't want to ever shut down and never love on these people. But at the same time, you open yourself up to stuff that you should never open yourself up to when you start allowing that to be okay. Well, could you imagine it? What would, uh, if we, if there was a, a dictator in a country in today's world, mm -hmm. a dictator in a country that was doing something like this. Okay. This child sacrifice thing. All right. And so could you imagine if we started to just learn from them and it started accept these ways in America and how horrific that yeah. would be, yeah. what would happen in real life, you know, Christian leader, non-Christian leader, multiple countries of the world mm -hmm. would go, no, forget this. We're taking you out. Like yeah. you're a dictator that's doing child sacrifice and we're seeing videos of it on the internet. We're take we're the alliance, we're the UN, the whatever. We're taking you out is what would happen. Yeah. And we'd all be okay with it, Christian or not. And so when people look at the Old Testament, they're like, God's so mean. Well, let's have all the context. Mm -hmm. What were these people, what were the horrific things that they were doing? This was just one of them. I mean, goodness, this happens cyclically in everything. I, I mean, you think about it, even with politics. I I was re, 
I was going over the book Animal Farm with my son, Mm -hmm. and it's this one author's opinion in in regards to, okay, obviously under the Tsar, people were not doing well in Russia. Mm -hmm. It was a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. He was an emperor kind of a person. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people getting slighted. So we need something to change. And this this allegory book about animals taking over the actual house where people are, it's kind of like when Lenin came in and overthrew stuff, mm. you know, but then you slowly see that what he and some of the ideals that are coming along with communism are presenting, it may sound good at first, but then it starts getting tainted. Right, again. right. And so in the, in the book Animal Farm, you see that the people who have been overthrown by the animals, the animals start to take on human type um, idiosyncrasies. Uh, that's the wrong word. Uh, type type traits. Thank you. Boy, that was easy. Human type traits walking on two legs. And it's funny because he uses these these kind of like a, a, a childlike picture to help it be so easy for you to understand. Wow. They're becoming the very thing that they were so set against. Mm. And that is where we all tend to go. We have this self-righteous indignation about things. We're going to go in and we're going to make it better. And that's why God's like, you cannot do this apart from me. Yeah. And that's why Jesus came. He's like, I am the perfect example of what a Christian should look like. Period. Okay. <laughs> Let me take that, take that back. The ultimate Christian is Jesus. No, he started the foundation. So I shouldn't call him a Christian. Well, yeah, I guess it's true. But Jesus, like, I'm I am the 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 kind of human that God wanted you to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's only because of what I'm about to do where you're going to be able to be at that level. And that's why he sent his spirit to be able to help us be in this level. I, th- I think that's where why I am the way that I am. We've had multiple conversations on podcast and not about th- exceptions for people, mm-hmm. you know, when it's like, well, we don't know their situation and we don't know. And we, you know, and I, I, I want it to be black and white. I think there's some certainly gray in our world. I think even later this year, we might have a, a Romans 14 discussion where it's like, oh, you're cool with this or you're not cool with this. Like God gives some freedom in some places. But I just, I see stuff online and it's like, well, you know, God told me it was okay. And it was, you know, and, and Mm. it just seems like one step after another, we're just getting to a, what are we becoming? I don't want to be so staunch, but, uh, but what are we becoming? I think again, we talked about this last podcast about the context of scripture. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because easily you could take any passage, even what we talked about today, and make it okay that I go out and kill 450 prophets of Baal because Elijah did it. Mm. Well, no, 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 no. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what does it align with what Jesus tells us? Who is the one who fulfilled prophecy? Even some of the prophets got it wrong. Um, we've, we've, when I say that they got it wrong, I am saying they, that their they actions— They it wrong, right. Yeah, it, it was not truly—they— uh, they were people. Yeah. They were not like Jesus. It said he was tempted, but was without sin. And it's nobody else in scripture that lines up with that. So that means the prophets were not without sin. So they messed up some stuff. Yeah. So again, if it aligns with what God is saying, and you got to break that down sometimes on the big issue stuff, there is some stuff that you should just automatically, because the Holy Spirit gives you that gauge, you know, that's wrong. Yeah. Don't kill people. That's a pretty basic one. Well, it's in scripture. It's in scripture. You know, I've been I've referenced that we've, I've been talking to people of a different faith about God gives you a feeling. You don't have to pray about truth. It's already there. It's already there. It's God, thing. will you tell me if it's okay to murder people? I don't have to pray that prayer. I already know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's really interesting too. I, I just read a passage about uh, one of the kings who actually decided to read over the law. And it said, hey, when we take these people out, just their line, the, I mean, like the, this age group, not their kids, not their grandkids, because mm. the law tells us that's not their sin. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? But you really you might read other passages where it takes everybody out. And that's not necessarily what lines up with God's law in, in Torah, mm. in the Pentateuch, in the first five books of the law. It's just fascinating. More difficult questions to answer in the future. We'll get to it. <sighs> yeah. The non-experts here. I just want to add one, one thing, um, one encouragement that I had this week. And uh, let's just say, uh, Rochelle, you have a, a fear because there's, 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 there's two different types of fear, really. There's uh, ridiculous things, you know, kids being afraid of the dark or, you know, me being afraid. That's of not ridiculous. They getting, have a nightlight. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the fear is that uh, aliens are going to invade or, you know, whatever. If I really like let my life be ruined by that. And then there's the, the more warranted fears. Now, again, we know not to fear. I'm just saying. Things that real life things, you know, Jesus dealt with anxiety in the garden of Gethsemane for crying out loud. So real things that touch our lives that, you know, job situations, how am I going to provide for my family? Mm -hmm. How am I going to pay rent? Um, sickness issues, uh, you name it, relationship, real stuff that people are going through. So why don't we just a little, uh, reenactment, a little improv here. Okay. Ooh, let's I just, love this. let's just pretend that I do this in this scenario, okay. and uh, and we'll see we'll see if you would come back to me as a confidant. Okay, Rochelle, how's it going today? What's what's going on with you lately? I have been dealing mm -hmm. with just a lot of frustration. Yeah, and uh, I feel like sometimes I take it out on my family. Mm. Um, just uh, things in general. It's just life is kind of getting out of control. I thought it was going to go this way, and it's going that way, and then, right. uh, kind of boils over and spills out sometimes on my kids. I feel really guilty about it, but I'm just I'm afraid that I'm ruining their lives. And mm. uh, because what if I make them go to therapy for forever? I right. don't know. That's yeah. the way I feel right now. So, mm. yeah. Well, the Bible says, don't be afraid. So don't worry. Have a good day. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that would be, while true, Terrible advice. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and um, the pastor that I was listening to <laughs> was talking about when we're going through fears like this. And you get that encouragement, or it really it's more of a command, I guess, from uh, God. For example, we were going over Isaiah 41.10. And it starts off, don't be afraid. And you, listening to this, you know what you're going through right now or what you've gone through in the past. Or mm -hmm. eventually we'll all go through something. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay. Don't be afraid. And I know that this is straight from God, but don't be afraid. Okay. How am I supposed to do that? And what's amazing is in this one verse, God tells us to not be afraid and then gives us five commitments of what he'll be doing for us. So if you give me your fear, I'll give you this in return. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Okay. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. When you have a relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. he is your God. I will strengthen you. Mm. I will help you. Yeah. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Mm -hmm. And so it, it'd be a little like this. We had that conversation again. And I said, uh, if it's that conversation, you know, I don't have the perfect elixir in every situation because clearly I'm human. But let's say it was yours and you were talking about worry and guilt and all that. Rochelle, don't be afraid. 
because I have gone through this same thing. Mm -hmm. And I know this counselor that has the perfect practical tools to help you in this situation. Here's their number. Wow. Let's say it was a job loss. You're going through a job loss. You don't know what to do. And I said, don't be afraid because... I'm well-connected in the city, and I know mm-hmm. every single recruiter, you're going to have a job by the end of the week. Oh, I mean, the burden's rolling off. You know? I, I'm giving you a commitment yes. in the midst of telling you to not be afraid. How much more of God the Father gives you five commitments? And that's what he's in <laughs> one verse. Yeah. Isaiah, again, this is Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid for, number one, mm-hmm. I am with you. He is with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. That is number two. He is your God. He will strengthen you. Number four, he will help you. Yeah. And number five, he will hold you up with his victorious right hand. You know, we were talking about this earlier and Isaiah. Um, it really is all of, <laughs> this prophet is sharing in the midst of just really troubling times mm-hmm. in his country. Jerusalem gets overthrown. Uh, it looks like the end of the world. You know, it, can you imagine? Um, obviously, we're partial to the United States. But if you're listening outside of the United States, wherever you're, can you imagine Maybe you can, actually. Your country falls. Government falls. We've seen it in movies, and it seems like the apocalypse. Oh, it's the end of everything you've ever known. But that this was not the, the end of human history. Isaiah, yeah, where, where these hope-filled moments where God's reminding his people, look, and we know how bad it got. I mean, we just shared mm-hmm. about how people are b- blindly or fearfully or stupidly, whatever. They were following after foreign gods for whatever reason and they had rejected God. They had rejected the one true God and he still is telling them through the prophet Isaiah do not be afraid. Mm. He's doing a a redo. (laughs) It's almost like wiping the board clean a little bit but then figures like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they start Mm. popping up and you realize Clearly, there were still people who faithfully followed the Lord, and he has plans for them. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. And I, I think we could glean so much from these incredible Old Testament stories to kind of try to put yourself in that place because you hear Carter on my words, don't be afraid. You don't know my story. Imagine your entire government and world and the people in your lives being ripped out. Mm. God knows your story. He's with you. I love that. We obviously, with any podcast, would love um, a great rating, a five-star review, and, and whatever you're you're hearing this on. But more importantly, we we really hope that you're encouraged through this, and that that you know that there that God loves you, uh, and that you can find more hope and encouragement at HopeOnDemand.com. Uh, a lot more things like this, relevant to parenting, relevant to relationships, uh, Christian artists encouraging you. HopeOnDemand.com, and we'll see you next week.